Good afternoon, Australia. Australia, 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 Australia. And welcome back to another episode on What's the Tea, Sis, with Tashi B and KB. I should be a talk show host. Are you enjoying yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just letting her uh, ride with it, too. She thinks she's like, um, you know, Ricky T. Who's Ricky T? The African American social media guy, oh, the tall Ricky one. Ricky T. Have a drink with the Ricky T. <laughs> you are not Ricky T, okay? Mm. I like <laughs> you to think are I have, I like to think I get some of his sassiness. You like to think. I'll let you think that. So tell me, what's in your cup today, sis? Jesus, she's still, still dying slowly here. You know, it's a prolonged cough I got. Um, so I'm drinking some lemon and ginger tea. Hopefully that will honey. help with that cough of yours. The honey will be good for it. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. What are you drinking in your tea cup? In my tea, tea cup. cup. I have... <laughs> Some peppermint tea. Oh, my favorite. Actually, it hasn't really been my favorite until like this year, but it's like my go-to now. Hmm, interesting. It's quite nice, actually. It's got like this little bit of sweetness to it that's like natural. Oh, natural nice. sweetness. Yes, that's new. Yeah, and so on today's episode of What's the Tea Says, we are discussing. Fear versus love. Bam, bam. So talk to me a bit about this. Let's just do a preface of today's episode. What are we... One thing that I have learned about your feelings and your emotions, it is this. You are always operating from either a place of fear or a place of love. There is no in-between. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. <laughs> what do you think of that? Interesting. When it comes to your feelings, you're either always operating from a place of fear or a place of love. Yeah, that's very, very true, I think. I definitely think, like, you have to be in a like, position that you're always going to be either fearful of what could be or you're going to be fearless that love just kind of takes over and love intervenes and love's going to be the number one thing you're fighting towards. Yeah, so when they say, like, everything we say and do will be motivated by either one of the two things, fear or love, mm. you can continue in fear and generally you'll stay in conflict mm -hmm. or you can let love dissolve your fear so that you can reconnect in a loving way. Right. Yeah, that's dependent on, like, your experience. I think it's more of an open-minded thing. Like, for the aspect of fear, you could have issues in your past. You know, a lot of what we talk about in a relationship kind of points back to past issues or past situations because 
when you're becoming an adult and you're trying to decipher what sort of person you are as an individual, there are a lot of things that happen in your life that cause you to either have some kind of fear or if you've been brought up in a situation where your home is full of love, that's how you lead generally, in my opinion. So when you're coming into situations out of fear, it's that fear of I don't want the situation to happen to get to happen again or it could be I'm going to try this but you know if it doesn't work out cool I'll be all right because I've been through the worst already whereas I feel though if you're coming into it with love you tend to have more of an open mind and open heart to any kind of situation and you have a little bit more empathy towards whatever the situation may turn out to be like and you don't beat yourself up for it whereas if you're coming from that phase of fear conflict arises a lot quicker because it's like well if you don't do this or you don't do that then this is what the result is going to be like what do you think that's very interesting thank you for asking (laughs) um I don't know. I feel like I have a very different kind of take on fear versus love. Yep. Go on. Like if you're talking about it in the whole concept of fear versus love, then you're always going to come down to that you're going to be fearful of love. You know what I mean? Like I think a lot of people who don't get into relationships or who don't try to keep going and to try to keep finding always lead out of fear in what could be or what could potentially come out of something. And the number one thing in today's society is we move a lot with fear. Fear for standing up for those that aren't like us. Fear for standing up for things that we believe in. Fear for taking the step forward and taking that leap of faith. And society has taught us that fear gets us kind of or puts us kind of in the same routine that we um, end up being like super mundane lifestyle right if you move with love I feel like the concept in itself is like you do everything with every last sweat bead that drips from your forehead you're doing everything for the sole purpose of the love that you put into your work and the love that comes out of what you do and when you love something so much and you're so embedded in that process great things can happen and I think that's why a lot of people in general um, are great is because they've been taught that love is something that wins love always wins no matter what fear is kind of like the green goblin that sucks enjoyment and peace and harmony and um, stability in your life so I definitely think that when we look at the concept in itself you have to look at it as a whole concept as whether or not you are moving forward with something or you prefer to be stagnant in a mundane one wheel hamster wheel of like I'm going to keep doing the same thing day in, day out. Yeah, true. 
I don't know. That's like my concept on it. If we're no, talking I about agree. Like if we're talking about it in the concept of relationships, then that's a completely different thing too. Why? Because I think fear in relationships is what causes a lot of um assumptions. It causes a lot of distrust. It causes a lot of um he say or she say. Whereas when you're in a relationship for love and love only, there's a lot of things that can be sprung from it. It's like planting a seed in in the right soil and allowing that seed to grow and flourish and to be nurtured and to be calm and to be at peace. So I think when you move with love, it allows freedom. It allows growth. It allows abundance in ways that you didn't even think of it just kind of intertwines into your life and make and you become super blessed and you have this new sense of um insight into what you are looking at uh, that's like my kind of concept of fear versus love okay i agree in in the sense that you know there's a different way in which people perceive what fear and love is and I think if you put it down simply in, a, in the style of any relationship, you could simply put it as a few words to kind of emphasize what fear versus love would look like in a relationship. Right. And I think, for example, fear controls, love guides. Fear torments, love trusts. Fear expects the worst, love helps for the best. Basically, the perfect love can generally cast out any fear. Basically what I said. Exactly, in the simple terms. You just gave the cliff notes. <laughs> and we're done for today's episode. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Short this was a quickie sweet. one. <laughs> no, but seriously, though, like a lot of people come into relationships fearing the worst, um, fearing, you know, what the partner could be like because of previous experiences. But it all comes down to essentially how much love can you put into the relationship to overcome any of those fears. And a lot of it is what we've kind of explained in previous episodes. If you go back through it and you really listen and take notes on on what certain things are that you could do to overcome fear in a relationship, I think it all kind of starts with the love languages and understanding your partner in that sense of what it is that they want and what is it that is, I guess, conflicting to their wants versus their needs. Because with fear versus love, if you know what, you know, their triggers are, if you know what the things that scare them in a relationship or in a partner may be, and by having those harder conversations, it enlightens the other partner to understand, okay, how can I remove these fears out of the, the relationship? I can reassure my partner. I can show them love that maybe they've never had before. I can, I can do X, Y, Z for them to feel that they don't, no longer need to fear me or the relationship going in a different direction because I'm loving them that much that, fear just becomes disbanded in the entire relationship. Hmm. 
Interesting. Mic drop, walk away. <laughs> yeah. Like the, it's all very valid points in what anyone has to say, but I think it really just comes down to the context of you live it every single day. So you can either choose to live in that fear or choose to live in the acceptance of that. Like there is a love out there for me and within the fear and the uncomfortableness of everything, I'm going to try to achieve that hope and that sense of in fulfillment and enjoyment in my life through love. Because, you know, like I look at the monks, you know, like I look at monks, for example, example, and they have such a fulfilling, loving life where like everything that they feared has completely, I don't know, like mm. to me, the concept of the entire thing is what fear versus love is. You have that fear of becoming a monk and you have that fear of like no, losing. They don't. No, like. It, this is my perception of it, mm. not as what they actually are. I've never spoken to a monk myself. Well, I've read the book by Jay Shetty, who was a monk for a few years. Think by the, think like a monk if you've read it or may not have read it before. You bought it for me, remember? Mm-hmm. Um, and his perspective of it was to remove himself from a world that was encompassed by what the social norms were. Right, some some people like that are monks are generally born into that culture, or they are looking for a sense of purpose within their life, and it comes down to the neurological side of things. When you become a monk, you got to sit there for hours on end in a day and sit still and do absolutely nothing. But while you are sitting still, your brain is working through all these things to, I guess, remove that aspect of fear and fill you with love for the next individual. Because you may have been through X, Y, Z in your life, but because you've got those experiences, when you sit still, some people can't sit still. They can't just sit still and keep their eyes closed and just let their mind wander anymore because there's so many distractions in today's society that the distractions cause them to not want to be still within themselves. I don't know if you've experienced that. I have. It's what a lot of people call it is for the first five minutes of you trying to sit still, they call it the monkey brain. <laughs> no, literally. Cause like if you look that at actually a monkey, makes sense. yeah, look at a monkey, they can't sit still because they want to grab the next banana or they want to go, running around and jumping around and playing with other monkeys, right? So your brain is literally doing that. It's going from one thought to the next, to the next, to the next, from what you might have seen on social media to what you've seen on TV to what you spoke to somebody about. But in order for you to remove all those things and your fear of missing out on what's happening next in the world, in your friend group, in your relationship, or what your partner's thinking, you actually need to sit still. So one of the tools, I, I think... I can't do that personally. It's like a lot for me. Yeah, so if you weren't going to sit still, another way to reduce that stress on your mind is to journal. And I think that's very important for a lot of people that cannot sit still. But the most important thing, I guess, for monks, like you were saying, is the fact that their focus is 
purely on showing love to others and that comes through the stillness of their mind and how they outwardly portray that to others. That's very interesting. Very, very interesting concept to me. Why? Because I like to me out of pure fear, I would not be able to put myself in a situation like that. Like but, the concept of being a monk and the concept of sacrificing so much of your regular life to be able to do to like to feel whole mm. to me is fearful. But then I also think of like the outcome afterwards and like I look at Jay Shetty, his life is so fulfilled already by just doing that one thing that he probably also years. felt fear in taking that giant leap in he the did. initially. He explains um, that in his book. To be able to then come out of it, it would living your life in such fulfillment and love and enjoyment. Because, like that is like the whole conceptualization of fear to love. Because imagine you're so ingrained in what the societal norms are of today that you have to give up every materialistic thing yeah. that you own, that you've used, whatever it is in life, and just wear a robe, completely shave your head, and sit still for the next three years of your life. Could you do that? It takes a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. <clears throat> right? But then again, if you look at life and society today, there is still a lot of sacrifice that comes into you just being the person that you are or you getting into a relationship that you, you decide to go in. Because when you go into a relationship, you are sacrificing a part of you if the relationship isn't exactly what you anticipate it to be. You're sacrificing time. Time is the most important um, currency, in my opinion. Because time is the only currency that you can that you can give away but never get back. Yeah. Money you can give away, you can make it back. Everything else you can give away and you can make it back. But time, time is the only thing you cannot give away and make it back. It just continually ticks on. So in any relationships that you go into There's the, always gonna be that There's sense always of fear. gonna be that sense of fear of is this person in it for the same reasons am I in it? Yeah. Is it, you know, am I putting all my time and energy and effort into this person? Are they going to reciprocate that towards me? Mm. Right? And that's why when what a lot of people tend to do is if they go into a relationship and, you know, all those fears come to light, they tend to take a break from the whole dating scene completely. And then that's when they decide, okay, I'm going to work on myself a little bit. Some people choose to go and speak to a psychologist, some people choose to journal, some people choose to work out work out, or literally take their energy and expense it somewhere else that's going to bring them joy mm. and love so that when they decide the next time they're going to go into a relationship, they're going to lead with love. Yes, the fears may still be there at the back of their head, but if they are leading with love and it's being reciprocated, the fears diminish into the darkness. I agree. I really do agree. Mm. I don't really think I can comment more on the concept in itself any further. It's very interesting. And I'd like to <clears throat> definitely hear from you guys that are listening that 
what are your perspectives on fear versus love? Has it changed your way of dating, for one? Those oh, that's who, a good question, actually. For those who are dating, has it changed yours? Fear versus love or fear going into love? Both. Has it changed your way of dating before you got into a relationship? Um, Because obviously you had your own set of fears from past relationships that when you went into a new one, you were like, okay. It wasn't a sense of did it change my perception of fear and love. I think I always knew that I deserved um, a type of love that I gave out. And I always believed that the love that you give out and the love that you express in everything that you do is going to come back to you tenfold and you will receive it in tremendous ways that you will never think of and you will sit there so profound at how wonderful you have received that. Um, I think I was always fearful because my idea of love and my ideology of growing up around love was very different to a lot of people, like especially coming from South Africa and then coming to Australia and seeing like the two kind of opposites of love and the two versions of love it's where like kids were shock. where I had kids growing up and their parents were in happy relationships and then they were getting divorced. And so that that was always kind of a sense of a fear as a little kid, knowing that like that was a thing. Like whereas where I came from, f- divorce wasn't really something that was talked about in such a high regard. It was like yeah, maybe they separated, but they were still like together, together living in the same houses or something. Mm. And then now looking back at it as an adult, like that's even more taxing and toxic on your relationship than being separated. And you know being apart from each other for however long and then reconciling later on because ideally a lot of the people that I grew up, they were like high school sweethearts. They knew each other from like being neighbours. They knew each other from friendship groups. They knew each other from this. So my concept of love was always like that. But then as I grew up, it changed. it hugely changed in so many ways because my fear wasn't about having a divorce my fear was about how do I navigate my own understanding of love and my own concept of what love I should receive or what love I should be kind of growing with internally and putting out of there. And is that going to be something that a lot of people are going to want to receive? Because when people were getting into relationships around my age, again, a lot of them went to school with each other. and they were all kind of of the same culture. They were all kind of of the same race. It was very rare to even see interracial couples, like, you know, like black kids would be with black girlfriends and boyfriends, and it was of the same community because they went to the same churches, you know. Um, Italians would be in the same kind of suburb, and they would be, um, you know, doing – things like that. And I'm a religious person. So then that also comes into context of like, do you date someone outside of your religion? And how does that work? And that fear of like, oh, will my parents even accept that person if they weren't religious or not? Like, so there's so many kind of calibrations of how you understand fear is and how you 
have to be kind of content with yourself in knowing that whoever you choose as your partner and whoever you go down that road of love and relationships and being in a partnership that is moving towards marriage mm. as your end goal or just to end like a lifelong partnership as an end goal, whichever you choose, you need to be kind of fulfilled in yourself and the fulfillment in who you choose. <laughs> so, yeah, I think like really the overall kind of concept of fear and love had expanded, had changed in me ultimately with what I expected and even today in a relationship where I feel fulfilled and I feel like I am finally getting a love that I was putting out in relationships that to me is also really scary because it's like oh my gosh it's finally here it's finally what you kind of hoped and dreamed for but it's even better than you hoped and dreamed for and so then you get into your mind as a female of like oh my god if you know is this going to be like a forever thing? And like you, you as you can say as much as you want, but things can happen in life where it just doesn't work out or you don't keep working on your relationship. You don't keep dating each other. You don't keep harmonizing with each other. And then fear kind of seeps in. Mm. So in some ways, yes, I have a lot of fear around certain aspects in my life. Um, and, scenarios in my life but but those are all based on I guess components of what love is meant to look like that's created the fears for you yeah and it really comes down to like what society um I grew up in and this this you know the era in which I grew up in and then now looking into the era that I'm currently in and the person that I am now it, it changes a lot with whether that value of fear is sitting at the top or it's sitting at like number five yeah okay true because ultimately you as a person have to decide whether or not you are allowing fear to ruin your life and your mental state or are you allowing it to take a back seat and um move forward and allow yourself to feel loved in ways that you can do that like that's re- an important question because are you allowing fear to lead you is crucial when you're going into a relationship or when you're even in a relationship and it doesn't matter how long you've been in a relationship Yeah, because certain things come along, life happens, life be lifing at certain stages. So it's like, am I moving in a place of fear or am I moving forward with love no matter what the situation is? Because fear always makes things worse, whereas love always makes things better. Yeah, and it's like I always live by the rule that if you don't ask for help and you live in fear, 95% of the chances you could have been in or the avenues you could have taken in life can be missed based on the sole factor of you missing out on things. And then I look at it like if you did ask that question and if you did say that yes and if you did take that chance, you don't even know what could have come out of that. You could have had an amazing time or you could have had a crappy time. But either way, you experience that. And that's an experience that you can say, I did that later on in life. I lived life the way that I should have lived life with love and not with fear. Yeah. Preach. Hmm. And on that note... That's the tea for today, sis. 
Thank you so much for listening to our episode. I got it right finally. I said listening. <laughs> she's she's already done with her um what's it, verbal what's the word? Verbal diarrhea. <laughs> well that's one word for it. I was more thinking of verbal manifestation. <laughs> Oh, right. Fair enough. Yes, 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 yes. But on that note, thank you so much for watching. Uh, I said it she again. It. Damn it. <laughs> she was so close. So Thank close. you so much for listening to our, I was about to say daily, but our weekly uh, potty at 5 p.m. on a potty? Wednesday. Yeah, on a Wednesday at a, what's the tea? Sis. That's the tea, sis. Yes, that is the tea. If you can hear the dog barking, he is currently communicating with other dogs outside. Mm. Something we cannot control, sadly, because my child has a mind of his own. Yep. Alrighty. Well, catch you guys on the next episode of What's the Tea, sis? Don't be afraid to like, share, and follow our Instagram at What's the Tea, sis? At W T. T-S underscore podcast. We love you guys. Have a wonderful hump day and we will see you next week at 5 p.m. every Wednesday. Okay, bye. Bye.